Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you've been with us, you know that we have been doing a verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of Matthew. Verse-by-verse is what we do here at Calvary Chapel. We love to go verse-by-verse through the Bible because it's important to just hear the full counsel of the Word of God. Every time you go to the Bible studies and the home fellowships and disciple groups, we're all going verse-by-verse through the Scriptures. So very, very important to just stay with the Bible, especially in these last days where people are leaving the Scriptures. And people are interpreting the Bible the way they want and saying what they want and teaching what they want and whatever is politically correct, that's what they say. But that's not good. And the only way to avoid that is to continue in the Scriptures, line upon line and verse by verse. So that's what we do. We've been doing that here at Calvary Chapel on Sunday mornings through the Gospel of Matthew. And if you've been with us, you know that Matthew has been presenting Jesus as king. Here's an outline for you. Chapters 1 through 4, we've seen so far the person of the kingdom is revealed. The person of the kingdom is revealed. In chapters 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount, what we find are the principles of the kingdom are recorded. The principles of the kingdom are recorded. And then in chapter 8 through 10, we have the power of the kingdom is released. The person of the kingdom is revealed. The principles of the kingdom are recorded. And the power of the kingdom is released. Power released? Oh yeah, absolutely. We've talked about it quite a bit. Power over disease and death and demons. Jesus has power over sin and sickness and Satan and the storm. The storms. Storms of life. And Jesus said, peace be still to the raging storm. And the storm was calmed and ceased. And so we've seen, even in our own lives, what storm are you going through? What are you going through today? I wonder why you drop tears, they flow during worship. Something paining you? Something hurting you? Is there a storm raging in your life? Well, if there is, you know, Jesus has the power to say, peace, be still to the storms in your life. And guess what? They will cease. But you got to come to him and you got to ask him, Lord, speak to me. Lord, help me in my storm. Don't try to paddle your way through the storm. And don't stand there and try to rebuke the storm. That's a whole nother sermon, y'all. But don't try to rebuke. Storm, I rebuke you. Stand back. You know, that's the X-Men. You know, we're Christians. (laughs) Amen. We take our storms to Jesus. And Jesus is the one who says, peace be still 
power. Yeah, we serve a powerful God. He's an awesome, powerful God. And this powerful God, Jesus, had the power to give sight to the blind man and to cause the mute to speak. That's what we saw last week. And now here in chapter 10, we see that Jesus calls, got a pen? Jesus calls and commissions his disciples. That's what we're going to talk about. Disciples, true biblical disciples, discipleship. Now, in our culture today, many people have many different ideas as to what is discipleship. What does it mean to be a disciple? You can ask 10 different people and you'll get 10 different answers as to what it really means to be a disciple. Billy Graham said this. He said, salvation is free, but discipleship costs everything we have. I like that. And then you might remember General William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. He was asked the secret of his amazing Christian life. And Booth answered, I told the Lord that he could have all there is of William Booth. Don't you love that? Now, that's true discipleship. And it was Jesus who said in Mark chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus said, whoever will come after me, let him, say it with me if you know it, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow him. You see, this word follow in the New Testament speaks to discipleship. And it implies total commitment on the part of the disciple to follow the Lord. Discipleship. You see, we are, to, we are called as believers to completely and wholly, with every fiber of who we are, to follow the Lord. You see, when Jesus died on Calvary's cross, listen and listen close. When Jesus died on Calvary's tree for you and for me, he died not to make our lives different. Jesus did not die to make your life better. What do you mean, Rodney? I would not have wanted Jesus to die to make my life different. I would not have wanted him to die to make my life better. Now, don't misunderstand me. When you become a believer, and if you are a Christian, you'll say amen to this. When you are a believer and you receive the Holy Spirit in your life and you begin to do what God has called you to do and walk in obedience to God, let me tell you something. Your life will be different and your life will be better. Amen, saints? That's kind of the way it works. When I became a Christian, my life was different. And my life was better. It was better. I love my life now because it was and is better than before I was a Christian. You understand. But Jesus did not die primarily to make your life different and to make your life better. Jesus died. The Bible is clear. When you're a true follower of Jesus, he literally becomes my way of life. 
He becomes my way of life. Jesus becomes my rule of conduct. Every action and every decision that I make is made in light of WWJD. Every action and every decision in my life is made in light of what Jesus would do. So when you become a Christian, you take on his life. And now you live your life in light of who he is. And you have the life of God living within you. And because you have the life of God living within you, your life will be different. Your life will be better. This is true biblical discipleship. I was studying this chapter and I began to see as the Lord began to show me, man, there are many characteristics in here that speak to this issue of true biblical discipleship. Many traits, many characteristics of true biblical discipleship. And as I've been studying this over the last couple of weeks now, actually, I've been looking at it, and and I actually came up with 10 characteristics of true biblical discipleship. What it means to really be a disciple. 10 characteristics of which I am not going to go over all 10 with you today, because if I did, we would be here till Tuesday. They're so rich and so deep. But what I am going to do is today we're going to go over two. Two characteristics of what it means to be truly a disciple. Next week we come back, we'll take some more. And the next week we'll come back, we'll take some more until we cover all ten of them. I don't think when Jesus comes back, he's going to be disappointed that we didn't cover all ten in one Sunday. If he comes back and we're on number three, I think that's going to be okay. Amen. So we're just going to take our time and take a look at this. What the Bible has to say and what it means for us as believers to really. See, I think we really need this in our culture. We need Christians who are disciples. We need Christians who are truly followers because there's too many Christians who are Christian in name only. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to step on your toes. But it's the truth. Everybody's a Christian. Janet Jackson's a Christian. Brittany's a Christian. Whitney's a Christian. I'm trying to find something that wraps and rhymes with Whitney. Can't come up with anything. All of them. But what does it really mean to be a Christian? We'll talk about that over the next several weeks. Look in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. We'll read an extended text and then we'll come back and take a look at it a little bit more in depth with a zoom lens. Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're there, we'll just say a hearty amen. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now, the names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee. That's a fun word to say, Zebedee. And John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. Every time I read that, I want to go, the tax collector. <laughs> the evil tax collector. And then James, the son of Alpheus and Labius. And don't name your son Labius. You know, kids are cruel. That's, that's not a good name. Whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, 
and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the house of Israel, to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, this is what you're to do. Preach. Preach what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give, provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staff, for a worker is worthy of his food. Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire in who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from the house of the city, shake off the dust from your feet. Surely I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Stop right there. Give me your attention. You know, remember the series of events in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus is in the area of the Galilee, and he's doing three things. He's teaching and preaching and healing the sick. And as he looked out among the multitudes, if you were here, you know last week he saw multitudes of people coming near him. And the Bible says that he was moved in the Greek language with splachanea. Remember? That sounds like something you cough up. Splachanea. He was moved with compassion. And Jesus was so moved. He was so concerned. Why? Because he sees the people are shepherdless. They are sheep without a shepherd. Isn't it interesting that the world sees himself one way and Jesus sees them another way? The world thinks that they're okay. Oh, everybody says, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay, okay? But Jesus says, that's not what he sees. He's moved with compassion, and he is concerned because he sees the people are shepherdless. He sees the people are ripped and torn and mangled and strangled and scattered. And it's fascinating to me, of all the things that our Lord could have said, notice what he says. Back up a bit. Chapter 9, verse 37. Look at it. Notice what he says. Of all the things that he could have said, notice in verse 37, he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, circle this, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Here is the solution. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. The solution is prayer. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. Saints, we need to understand something. We know, believe, for by grace you have been saved through faith. That's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Salvation is a gift of God. 
The work of salvation for us on the cross was done by Jesus, and there's nothing you can add to it. Grace plus nothing equals salvation. There's a mathematical equation. Grace plus nothing equals salvation. Jesus died on the cross for our salvation. But we don't stop right there. It is also likewise equally our responsibility to take the witness of the cross to the world. Yes, Jesus died for us. No, we can't add anything to it. It's a done deal, signed, sealed, delivered to you. Done. Don't add anything to it and don't take anything away from it. But it doesn't stop there. We have a responsibility now to take the witness of the cross to the world. And so Jesus said, listen, there's a lot of work to be done, so pray. Now, it was interesting for me to see, perhaps for you too, someone once said, prayer changes things. Well, listen to this. Prayer not only changes things, but prayer changes you. Prayer not only changes things, but prayer changes you. Did you notice the laborers that are praying in chapter 9 are the laborers they become in chapter 10? The laborers that Jesus says to his disciples to pray in chapter 9, we move on to in chapter 10, they are the laborers that they have been praying would come. Interesting. So in other words, they start praying, Lord, send forth laborers. Oh, we start praying, Lord, send forth laborers. Lord, here I am. Send them. (laughs) Well, wait a minute. Uh, Hold it, hold it, partner. That's not the way it works. You see, when you pray, Lord, Here I am, it was Isaiah who said, send me. We are the ones who are affected by the prayer. That's what happens. See, that's why it's important. Be careful what you pray for because you just might get it. That's why. Because when you pray, your heart's going to be changed. And it's not here I am, Lord, send them. It's here I am, send me. See, oftentimes we think, man, if I could just, here I am, Lord, if I could just get them to church and hear Pastor Rodney, surely they'll get saved. Or Lord, if I could just get them to this place or get them to hear that or get them to this place. No, God wants to use you. God wants to use every single one of us. You see, the burden, the responsibility of the ministry and the burden of the responsibility of carrying the gospel to the world rests on every single born-again believer, bar none. Every one of us. Not just the ministers, but every single believer is responsible to take the gospel out to the world. So Jesus tells them to pray for laborers, and Jesus sends them as the laborers. See, that's why here at Calvary Chapel, when people come up to us and tell us that they have various ministry ideas, and people have great ministry ideas. And they come to leadership all the time, and one of the pastors or elders or deacons, and, you know, I've got this great idea, and, you know, we should be doing this, and we should be doing that, and we should be doing that. Well, you, you know what we tell them? We tell them, great, that, that sounds awesome. Well, we'll go ahead and do it. And they go, well, that wasn't quite what I meant. I mean, I meant the pastors are supposed to do it. I want the leadership to do it. But me? No, not me. 
Well, listen, look, let me save myself a counseling appointment here, okay? I'm going to just cover this right now, all right? I'm saving me a counseling appointment, all right? If you have a ministry idea, yes, bring it to us. Yes, tell us about it. Yes, we want to see if what you are thinking and feeling is consistent with the heart and the philosophy of ministry of Calvary Chapel. We want to check out that. We want to know that that's good. But once we say to you, hey, great, go do it, then we are expecting you to go do it. And if you don't want to do it, then, then don't tell us. I mean, what do you want me to tell you here? You know, because, because we, that's not the way we approach ministry. You see, God gave you that burden. God gave you that heart. And too often we take a burden that God has given us and we want somebody else to do it. And that's not the way it works. It's unbiblical. And we can see it's unbiblical. Because the guys that Jesus tells to pray for laborers actually become those laborers. And they are saying, in effect, Lord, here am I, send me. Just like Isaiah, and they went. The first number one characteristic of a true disciple, a true follower, listen, you got to have, first of all, a desire for God to use you. You have got to be willing, if you're going to be a true disciple, you have got to be willing to swap your plans for his plans. You have got to be willing to swap or switch or substitute your plans and your desires and your purposes and your goals for his plan, purpose, desire, and goals. If you're really going to be a disciple, if you're truly going to be a follower, you got to say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Isn't that what Jesus said? It's not about what I want to do, God. It's about what you want me to do. And now here's ministry stuff 101. If you want to be used of God, you, you can't have your own plan. You can't have your own desires. You know, for many, many years, I've, I've been in ministry, as many of you know. And prior to coming here and prior to the pastorate, I was actually recording a gospel album. And I wanted to sing for Jesus. I was just going to sing my way to heaven. I was going to sing for the Lord. And, and, and I wanted to make videos. And, and I wanted to be used in that way. And God was blessing me in that way. And I had already recorded this little project they call an EP, which is an extended play. And you're supposed to make a nice extended play, little four, five, six song project, and then go shop it around to Sparrow Records and whoever they might be that you want to, you know, do, do, do business with. And I was doing that. And, and I had a, you know, a decent product, I thought. And, uh, and I wanted to make videos and stuff and do that kind of thing for God. But God interrupted my life. And God interrupted me and said, Rodney, that's not what I want you to do. Rodney, what I want you to do is I want you to move to a place you've never been to. What, Lord? You want what? Yeah, oh yeah, I want you to move to North Carolina, and I want you to begin to affect the community, the triangle community. That's what I want. Now, it was at that point, I could have said, God, man, that sounds nice. Oh, that sounds great. But I really want to finish my album project, and I want to do music videos. And, you know, I really believe that if I had kept doing those things, I believe God would have blessed me. Because he was already blessing me. But I don't want to be in God's permissive will. I want to be in God's perfect will. Amen, saints? I want to be exactly where you want me, God. 
because I want you to work in me and powerfully through me. And I want to be, you know what, if God said, I don't want you to record albums and music, I want you to be a janitor at, at the Hardee's restaurant. I would have said, God, that is a really bad job. <laughs> Not if you do but, <laughs> but But I would have done it for his glory. I would have. Reluctantly, but I would have. <laughs> I hate it when I have to be honest. <laughs> but you see, because it's about his will. So if you are going to be a disciple of his, you've got to say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And too often I fear, I think it's true, the number one reason why many people are not used of the Lord because they aren't willing to swap and switch and substitute and proxy their plans for his plan. You see, the disciples, they were obviously willing to stop what they were doing to follow Jesus. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.